0: This is Free Cookies from ESPNW. I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is a podcast all about sports, wellness, and pop
1: culture. Okay, but on today's episode, we're going to mix it up. We're actually going different order here. Sports... Pop culture, then wellness. We so tricky. We really are.
0: So today's wellness cookie will be brought to you by a very special guest, Mr. Adam Rosante, who is a phenomenal trainer and he is the author of the Thirty Second Body book. He's going to swing by at the end of our pod and drop some strength knowledge.
1: It's what he does best. He, well, that and also encourage people to do those one-legged squats off the back of the bench. That hurts more than anything. We've and ever then he done wants you to life. like count it. 10 as you're lowering into the squat so. only get
0: stronger never slower so
1: stick around for that because who can resist the tease that promises you know to make your life a little healthier
0: but before Adam we are going to talk with actor Eric Balfour he's been in the show 24 six feet under Haven and he just finished filming on a new project he's very excited about Also, he and his wife started a clothing line called Electric and Rose, a fusion of surf and yoga. So we'll get to know his path through Hollywood, as well as dig into the concept of fame and how much is too much. Maybe we'll also connect fame and ideas to physics. Can we do that? If anyone could do it, it would be me, But before
1: all that goodness, we have
0: to deconstruct a story from the sports world That hurt my heart. Yes. But even before we get into that, a little housekeeping. I like that you've adopted that phrase housekeeping. Indeed. I learned from the best. So, what's the housekeeping? Well, Kate, you promised the people a 10th cookie on the standard cookie list. That is true. Last week, I promised that th- that is my drum
1: roll. Thank you, Catherine Budig. You. So I, I, last week, I, I said that we have an open spot on the standard cookie list. And it's true. And I spent the week deliberating with the board members of Free Cookies. Which clearly I'm not on because this has not been run by me. And we sent out a survey to thousands and thousands of people. So we collected all of this information. And that is how we have come to the choice for the number 10 cookie at the standard on the standard cookie list. And that cookie is the chocolate, chocolate chip cookie. Congratulations, chocolate, chocolate chip cookie. Your inclusion on the standard cookie list was dependent on the fact that, one, we heard from numerous cookie monsters about the fact that we had no mission, that there was not a chocolate-based cookie on the standard cookie list, which is a massive oversight. And so we have rectified that
0: by adding the chocolate, chocolate chip cookie to the standard cookie list. That's it. That's it. I hope everyone is satisfied. And if you do not agree with this, you can definitely get at Kate Fagan. And if you believe that there should be things like macaroons on this list, macarons, then you can come to me. You
1: can email us at freecookies at espn.com. But if you're going to email us at freecookies at espn.com about cookies, come with some actual insight. Come with an explanation for why your cookie should be included, not just because you think it tastes
0: good. Thank she, you. She cannot be and tamed. And thank you for
1: listening. Cannot be tamed.
0: All right, so back to the sports story. Th- this one is really raw and awful. Um, last week in Omaha, Nebraska, an 8-year-old girl, her name is Mili Hernandez, she was, her team was disqualified from a soccer tournament because uh, there was a claim that she was a boy. And Mili has short hair, short haircut. And there's a lot of debate on whether or not that was the actual cause for the disqualification. But this misgendering topic is wildly important and something that is very near and dear to Kate's heart as someone who also has short hair and cut her hair when how old were you when you cut your hair? Probably about Mili's age. And how often were you misgendered when you were her age?
1: Very frequently. And it's- but was that ever plastered all over national news? Exactly. And wow, this is going to be a terrible transition here, but anyone who's listening who wants to know more details about why her team was disqualified or any of the X's and O's about what happened in this story, they can go to ESPNW.com because there's three different stories up for like the full, well-rounded take on this. And the part that you and I wanted to focus on was this concept of like having short hair and being misgendered because and, and the
0: feelings that come from yeah. this seemingly innocent mistake but the repercussions and lasting effect that it has it's the lasting repercussions
1: get embedded inside of you and bubble up to the surface numerous times a day so the, and, and the reason because reading the story and watching the story and listening to this story I couldn't help but like my heart just pained for her because having this story go viral and then having to move forward in your life and think about whether or not you might be misgendered in all kinds of different interactions and then possibly even thinking that you should do something about the possibility of being misgendered and you know what even if you don't want to just grow out your hair change the way you dress to avoid moments like this because when I cut my hair and I cut it and I don't know the reasons that, that Melee cut her hair, but like I cut it because I was playing baseball. And I was the only girl on a baseball team, and I was tired of my teammates like joking about how when I put on a helmet, like I had a ponytail, and when I put on my baseball cap, I had to pull it through, and I really wanted to be like them. So I cut my hair really short, and for the next three years that I wore it really short, I noticed that when I went to a restaurant with my parents, they would often say, Oh, you know, you and your little boy, come on. And... My parents seemed I don't know if they were embarrassed that it was happening, but like obviously it's socially awkward and I could feel even if I couldn't define, I could feel the awkwardness of the social interaction. And I knew that I was the one that it, that was imposing it. If That's how I looked at it as a kid. And so to this day, and I know I'm monopolizing. Did you take this. responsibility in
0: that sense for it? I didn't take, res- like, not in not like, take responsibility for it, but did you feel responsible for it?
1: I started to realize because through communications with other adults, like, well, you know, if I said, why does everybody think I'm a little boy? It's like, well, your hair is short. And so I, I connected the dots that like I could fix, quote unquote, the situation. Right. Like, so I grew my hair out. I must have cut it in like third or fourth grade. And then I grew it back out in like sixth grade. So two, three years later, because for the sole reason that the continual embarrassment and anxiety I felt when like walking into a women's restroom or every time we went into a restaurant and, and I'm not controlling that interaction, so I have much more control as an adult now with short hair for those interactions. And I've talked to you about this. That I
0: remember when we first started dating. Yeah. I I don't know exactly how it came up, but it was something along the lines of... You were looking at... The one thing that makes you insanely angry. Wasn't it something Yeah, because
1: you were like, hey, you were on around the horn, and I searched your Twitter mentions. And Uh I immediately started to panic because people can talk about like my intelligence level or my my take on the Cavs Warriors series, shout out to the Warriors for winning the NBA final. <laughs> but a lot, you know, maybe 20% of that feedback on Twitter after Around the Horn is like, get this boy off our TV. Right. And the thought that you, who I was falling in love with, might read that feedback and it might change how you viewed me, panicked me.
0: Which is interesting as someone, I have the shortest my hair. I, I did kind of a, a ode to Meg Ryan when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. but never cut my hair really short, so I, I've i never experienced what it feels like to be misgendered because I have that stereotypical ponytail head.
1: And you know because you've been around me
0: twice, I I've believe, seen it in happen in years. person, and what I have noticed when it happens, it's either at a restaurant where the maitre d' isn't really looking at you, and then they say, oh, sir, and all they see is maybe a pair of Nikes and a short haircut and immediately assume you're a boy. And it happened on an airplane to us recently as well. And it is absolutely maddening to just... They have no idea the repercussions that ensue with such an insulting statement.
1: If I try and articulate it, and I've tried to with you, the feeling, it's like you become untethered from the world and your identity for a second. Because if you identify as female and somebody has viewed you and described you as male it's like for a second you don't have an identity in the world being stripped of it yeah and and then so that's why you can see me just get so upset in the moment it happens and then it takes me a little while to find the grounding again of like okay what was a mistake and this is who I am and it's fine but gender is so deeply embedded in our culture and especially in the in the sports world of how we have Categorized women's sports and men's sports and how we want to perform gender within those. And I know I'm getting kind of academic there, but gender is one of the most explosive elements of our society. When you bend the rules on gender, people do not like it. And when you yourself feel like you're just representing who you feel yourself to be, like your gender expression, like, yes, I'm a woman, but like I'm a woman who loves Nikes and like, I like my hair funky and short. And when that means that I don't then have a place in society it's like this painful sort of like ripping the foundation out from under you and you kind of have to build it back up when it's done. So I guess, you know, jumping off of that story out of Nebraska with Millie, an eight-year-old, I was so happy to see soccer stars like Mia Hamm and Abby, Abby Wambach. Wambach and her own teammates and the kind of support that that flooded her. And the takeaway for me and for like listeners is, Just be a little more aware when you're interacting with people. Take a breath. Take a breath. Observe. And just give someone an extra split second of your attention because when you are describing someone by one of our genders' words, and, you know, like sir, madam, which happens a lot in the service industry, which is seen as polite, just take an extra second because it's one of the more painful moments. And if you're
0: not sure, come up with a gender neutral way of addressing someone. Exactly. And again, if you'd like to learn more about Melee's story, you can go to ESPNW.com. There's about three articles up right now mm-hmm. that you can learn. Um, and again, if you have a similar experience that you want to share with us, please email us at freecookies at And now. And now. Let's bring in Mr. Eric Balfour, shall we? Yes. Let's do it. So we have... Eric Balfour yes. in the house with us. I can't go on about how much I love this man, but before I, I have my personal reasons for why I love him so much, he is a an actor that was born and raised in Los Angeles. Third and generation. Third generation. Yeah. Th- that's legit. Yes. And um, he. Credentials are legitimate. It, the credentials are legitimate.
2: <laughs> I wear it like a badge.
0: I first saw Eric in probably my favorite show that is ever, Grace TV, Six Feet Under. Uh, He was also in the OC 24 recently. Haven. He's got a new project up that might still be secret. No, it came out. No, No, I mean it's not out, but like we know about the Midsummer Night.
2: Oh, a Midsummer's Nightmare. Yes, we just finished that, and then I thought you were talking about the other one.
1: Oh,
0: Oh, there's another, another, another. (laughs) But but hold on, hold on. I'm still bioing. I'm still bioing. He also has a company that he owns with his wife, Electric and Rose, which is a combination of yoga and surf inspired. Activewear, and he is an ocean activist. Could I call you that? Yeah. All right. So
1: I feel like that's actually the, the best thing you've something? said so far. Oh, what are we missing? Do you think in there
0: that, that that's crucial
1: for listeners I, I don't to get know. the full picture? Um,
0: he's really you have an good adorable on a
2: I have an adorable dog. Coconut. coconut is the greatest thing on the planet. Um, I mean, what did you what did you miss? You didn't miss anything. I think you know that kind of kind of. Did I cover
0: it. everything? I think so. Hit yeah. In Why not? And a coconut
1: shell. I mean, if
2: and if somebody's actually all that interested, they can go and google machine at any time you know they can go see all the all the things i've done wrong okay
1: i'm gonna get awkward real quick here because on the way in here we ran into a human who stopped you and said i know you from somewhere and (laughs) i loved how you handled it because you were like i don't know man i live in venice where do you live when really the truth was like did you watch six feet under you You may have seen me in a million different things (laughs) what happens in your mind when somebody says that because i'm assuming it happens multiple times a, a week, a day. And then so how, how have you decided how you want to handle it? Well,
2: the first thing that goes through my mind is usually, thank God my mother's not here because she would embarrass me. Because <laughs> yes. she's, she's the worst. Uh, somebody could walk up to me that I clearly know I know from the laundromat down the street from the dry cleaners. And my mother, as soon as they say, hey, you, uh, and my mom would go, she, he's an actor, he's famous, <laughs> you should know him, he's on this show. And God I'm God bless like, moms. And I'm like, mom, please stop. And the person inevitably will be like, "No, you're the guy with the, the 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 dress shirts that have really yellow collars, right? Like, Yep, that's me. That's me. But thanks, mom. Um, no, what what usually goes through my head is, um, I don't want to be that asshole actor. Wait, sorry, is this? You, a, is that's this okay. A, is this we'll a, bleep it out if we have to. Okay, yeah. Is this like like on a, This American Life where they're like, if you want the the bleeped version we we'll might to, have to give people just, a
1: warning just keep in mind it's disney yeah so i've
2: worked for disney my first job was working for disney anyways yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll get to that um yeah no the first thing that goes through my head is you know don't be that guy um because my my you know my favorite actors are all really cool the, the, i'm not particularly enamored by the like overly um uh, like self dramatizing, yeah. um, self grandizing sort of um, uh, p- actors, and um, Tom Hanks um, said it really perfectly: um, being famous just allows you to be more of what you already are. So, if you are a bad person, it just gives you free range to be that much bigger a bad person. If you are hmm. a good person, it just lets you to be that much better a good person. So, um, my first thought is just don't be the bad person. And you know, half the time, half the time people, yeah, they're, they, they finally kind of figured out on their own, but, um, it, it's super not fun to, there's, there's no good way of saying, yeah, I'm an actor. Um, there's <laughs> right. no good it's way to say lose, that. It's a lose, lose for you. It's Every a lose, lose. Every single time that interaction comes up. Yeah. Even if they're, even if that's what it is, even if you're right that that's where they, where they know you from, you're that actor who just said, yeah, I'm an actor.
0: You probably know who I am.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so usually I, I, you know, just, you know let it be something else and if they figure it out then it's a fun little game for them and they get to like walk away because usually it doesn't happen it's like it's like one of those kind of time bomb things where they you throw it and then it's like 20 minutes later or two hours later they're like oh my god that was that guy from that thing that was really bad I'm so glad I didn't remember (laughs) and actually see that's the other thing is that it can kind of save you because fortunately they're probably thinking of something that they watched really late at night on like on some movie that you're not very proud of or something. And so then you don't have to have that awkward moment. Oh, I saw you in that shark thing that was really bad. And I was like, yeah, man, how to make a living, mortgage, how to get paid, you know, all the reasons why. Let me tell you about all of them. I have a big nose and a long, funny face. And so jobs that other people get, I don't get. So I'm just trying to make a living. And it gets, you know, it gets long winded and <laughs> so it's like a therapy session for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so is there any part, I just, I envy your career so much. And I I just wonder. (laughs) (laughs) She'll get into it. (laughs) Let let, let me extrapolate on that. I'm dying to hear this. Well, I I just, so you get that a lot of like, how do I know you, man? How do I know you? And to me, fame, which Kate and I have talked about, you know, at some point in life, everyone probably desires some level of fame. Maybe when they're a child, maybe as adults. But ultimately, from my experience, large quantities of, uh, of fame is not a positive thing at all. True. And like you said, many people, yes, if you're a good person, you can stay good. If you're a bad person, it makes you even worse. But I think just anytime someone is given that amount of power or attention, it's easy for their ego to swallow it and maybe morph into something that wasn't what they intended to be. And you are so. You
2: pay attention to politics. I take a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: a lot of analogies to be made. Okay. Here, Perhaps. But yes. we're not gonna. No. We're not going to make any of those. Um, but you. You are seriously. And I'm. I'm not just kissing your ass right now. But you're seriously one of the kindest humans I have ever, ever met. And you have this lovely career where everything you do you're excellent in you're recognizable so that is like the ego pat but it's not to that extent where you're going to turn into this ego monster because people are like oh eric 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 and which i'm sure that happens too so i feel like you've struck this beautiful medium do you of, feel that way? It, it, this is from an outsider's I perspective. I
2: am so uncomfortable right now. I <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> say good. anything else I, nice I, about you for yeah, the rest I, of the pod. if you could just not say anything uh, uh, nice, I'm gonna look again, the That now. would be. I'd be far happier. I'm actually sweating a little. I'm actually um, gonna
1: um, criticize a lot of your work later. So <clears throat> please, we'll get to that. that would actually make
2: me far more comfortable. Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, wow. The, no, I don't. Um, I actually didn't hear most of what you said once you started over complimenting me. I actually got really uncomfortable and started sweating. So I, was there a question?
1: Okay, so, just so do you feel like you've hit the perfect medium of doing um, what you want to yeah. do but not okay. having too much fame? It's, right.
2: it's tough. Um, the grass is, is always greener on the other side. Um, it, it, I wish I could say that I'm, you know... You know, it would be very easy to sort of sit on on a podcast and um, pontificate about how comfortable I am in my own skin and how, you know, um, I've accepted exactly where my career is and, and I'm so grateful for exactly how it is. And, and I, I think that's actually really unfair to most people who listen to... Any any type of show or free
1: cookies usually that's the main one they want to listen yeah, to. Yeah, free cookies yeah. is
2: <laughs> if, if you haven't downloaded or, or subscribed, you should today download and subscribe to free cookies. Random review. Yeah. I'm good at this, but you're in the middle of an important um, point. Yeah. And I, and I <laughs> but that's important too. No, um, but I you know so I think the the truth of the the truth is no. Um, uh, I I I wouldn't say that I'm inherently just happy that I've struck this perfect balance. Yes, I I understand there is. A duality to it and there is um something nice the fact that me and my wife can can you know go to dinner and and you know look the worst thing that happens is somebody comes up to you and asks for an autograph or says they really like this thing that you're uh, in or on or something like that or um the occasional awkward moment where you are fighting with your wife in public and somebody wants a picture or an (laughs) autograph that that's a little trickier but generally speaking um it's it's there are so many worse things that could happen to you in life that that part's not an issue. I understand the difficulties when you are incredibly um, famous or or, or well-known that you actually can't walk out of your house or step out of your car. And I understand the difficulty of that. I will say that I think there is a self-fulfilling prophecy to that, Mm -hmm. that those people crave that attention and that thing because the truth is, You can walk out of a restaurant and there's paparazzi and people and and they want to take pictures and you can you can reach and withdraw all you want. The more you withdraw from them trying to take your picture, the more they're going to reach to do it. So the more you hide behind 12 bodyguards and try to get into the car quickly and try to escape, it creates this fervor. Whereas if you walk Mm. out of the restaurant, stand there for two minutes and they take your picture and they go, snap, 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 (laughs) still standing there, (laughs) snap. And I'm out. And okay, what else do? What else are we gonna do now? And then they're like, "Crap, like, zero drama." I, I, I zero drama. And then so you you know you can create that sort of intensity on your own, um, but for me personally, you know, no, I would I would say there are still definitely moments where um, I'm not just at ease and and at peace with exactly where I am. There are things that I see my contemporaries doing that I wish I was doing. There are opportunities, and I think that's. I think that's probably the most important part of what I've come to feel comfortable with is accept the fact that I'm not just ever going to be magically satisfied. And I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think there are things um, that I I still want to accomplish. And I hope throughout my entire life, I don't ever feel like, oh, I did it all.
0: So as someone who used to act a, a lifetime ago, I'm curious, and I know you'll answer this honestly if you had the option to either a be given the leading man role in a blockbuster that is a guaranteed success versus a supporting role and maybe like supporting supporting role that is just one of the more genius characters that you've ever seen written that you know you can sink your teeth into that is going to challenge you that is going to be in itself a standout performance even though it might be more of a blip on the radar what at this point in your life, would you take?
2: I'd be lying if I said I could answer yes to either one.
0: Okay, I, I, that's the truth. Yeah.
2: I I don't think you know. I think yeah, like sure. The 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 um because sometimes altru- those the, little
0: roles are so much fun. Yeah,
2: the altruistic um artist in me goes. Of course, I want to play that magnificent character role that I get to you know exceed my own expectations of what I'm capable of as an artist. And then the pragmatic, you know. Th- side of me goes hey the leading role in a big blockbuster movie that is a a very one-dimensional character nonetheless but could create all this opportunity for me and you know possibly um, it it creates a wealth for my family and my children's Mm -hmm. children um, that's pretty enticing too so I, I would I would either answer to me feels like I'm sort of just trying to I don't know (laughs) <laughs> emulate the best version i think of myself which you know the truth is i don't honestly know I, I i i think there are moments i want both i think the the thing that it does cognate on for me was when you say that is i used to i used to really um think i wanted to be famous for being an actor like i used to really be like that's what i want to be known for what's interesting as i've gotten a little older or been exposed to more in the world, there are people and things that I find far cooler.
1: From an outsider's perspective, <clears throat> when I look at the movie industry, it feels or it seems as if it's almost 100% dependent on other people making decisions about you, as opposed, and again, I, I don't think I'm wrong, right? Because it seems pretty obvious. No,
2: you're you're absolutely where
1: right. That, at, in some way that's got to be so frustrating so how do you because at least in our careers we have some amount of agency even though of course it's like a producer put you on a show or in my but my case it's like I'm a writer and I have a lot of agency into how well I do that and more into where I can get my writing placed how do you deal with the lack of agency that you are given as an actor
2: it's it is the absolute worst part of of my job um and the way that i found to to combat it was to stop doing that version of it um i stopped waiting for the producer or the studio or the whoever to call and offer me role x or you know this or that or wait for this audition or and you know it, it's it's such a strange dichotomy because there are days where i'm going to audition for some movie because the movie is more important to me than i am to them and then there's mm-hmm the next that same afternoon i'm sitting you know sort of you know haphazardly going well let me know if it's real i don't know if i really want to do it to some other movie where i'm more important to the movie than they are to me it's this really weird reality but yeah that part of my business um is 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 hard and it's and it's heartbreaking because unlike almost any other industry if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer you go to school, you do a residency, you do an internship, uh, and you will be a doctor or a lawyer. You may not be the most famous. You may not be um, the most wealthy, but you will have your chosen career. There's no guarantee of that as an actor. Um, there's no promise just because you worked today <laughs> that you will work tomorrow. So what I found for me that that helped make me sane was I stopped asking permission and started creating my own Um I've been lucky enough to now have gotten to actually um, see some of those things come to fruition. But that's been the thing that's kept me sane is I started writing, I started directing, I started producing. Um, And all of a sudden, the gaps in there's a part for you became far less painful and, and crazy making because I was like, well, all right, if there's not a part for me from somebody else or the part I wanted, they didn't give to me. I need to go back to focusing on the 12 other, 10 other things that I'm developing and working on that are, I'm passionate about. And then it became much easier. It became much more tenable as far as you know managing my, my life and my and your mental health, yeah. 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 Um, but that was how I did it. And that's what I would say to anybody who is thinking about wanting to be an actor. Do it yourself. I mean, nowadays, find a friend who loves to write if you don't. Find a friend who loves to take pictures or video if you don't. Or do it all. And create your own films, create your own shorts, create your own TV shows.
0: Yeah, I I love your approach to just do it for yourself. Don't wait around. Because I I came from a theatrical background before I moved to Los Angeles where if I didn't get a part, it was like, you can't hit the note. Or your accent sucks. You know, it was something in the talent realm of like, this is why we're not going to give you the part. And then I moved to Los Angeles and it was like, well, you're 10 pounds too heavy. Or you're blonde and we need a brunette. Or you're just too short. And very quickly, I realized my mental health is going to implode if I stay in this career, which is why I chose yoga, which is how I met you. Yep. Because you used to practice yoga with me in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I was wondering, you know, what part does the, the physicality of yoga, you know, martial arts, surfing, you know, is that church for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it's different for everybody, but I was never, I, I'm still not to this day. Like, meditating is 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 like I'd love to say like yeah I meditate once a day Every day and twice a day sometimes I hate <laughs> meditating I'm the worst meditator in the world like
1: I'm, No I'm I'm worse I have to be worse You guys do don't, about out. the worst meditator I, <laughs> Within so, 7 uh, seconds I'm like uh, my back hurts and I,
2: I it's just I literally like I loathe I loathe even thinking about meditating and my mother <laughs> who I love more than anything Just all she wants to do is, like, on a daily basis, tell me, are you meditating? And I literally want to, like, throw things at the wall. I'm like, I can't. So, yes, to answer your question, for me, surfing and martial arts and and yoga, they did become my place of, of meditation.
1: And so the brand that you created with your wife, Electric and Rose, what's the origin story of that?
2: So the origin story of Electric and Rose is, you know, we... I mean in essence the brand is is a is, a, is a, an amalgamation of our life and we live in venice we grew up at the beach we we you know we grew up surfing and found yoga and and we wanted to create something that was um an extension of that that ethos and that identity of you know living in this really magical place where you know creativity is free and expression is free and acceptance is everywhere and so that was you know that's what electric and rose represents the the origin of it was was um pretty simple where is that like rock and roll workout brand that's fun and creative and and fashionable and I was like I think there's something there and she was like wow that's a kind of a cool idea especially for men too especially for men yeah there was there was nothing like that yeah. and slow and then we started looking even at the women's and there was these two gaps there was like swimwear and there was like workout it was about creating something that for us at least that didn't seem to be out there didn't seem to exist
1: okay so i'm going to try and connect to random things here but when you were talking i was thinking about how Catherine and i read this book last summer like seven brief lessons on physics because i don't know anything about math and physics and i was like this will be an interesting challenging way (laughs) but brief to attempt to learn it and one of the the, one of the key points that I learned in it because a lot of it was over my head was that a lot of the greatest new math algorithms ideas in in the in the world of physics are really trying to figure out a way where one physics solution and another physics solution can coexist coexist in the world together so it's like This exists and we know this is true. This exists and we know it's true. But those two can't live in the world together because their variables don't work. And then the next great solution is like we compare these two together. Yeah. And it, it just struck me while you were talking that like every great invention in the world is essentially that. Like, I love
0: that that's where your brain went. Well, because yeah. it's like even Twitter.
2: She it, got super meta. This is awesome. I, we're all, all like, like stretchy talking pants, talking about, no, yoga. Like, seriously,
1: even Twitter <laughs> is just like text messages almost blend, with, blended with blogs. And they're like, well, I want to text my friends, but the blog allows me to connect with more people. Let's create a blog text. And that's Twitter. Yeah. Well, uh, And even like so, you uh, you saying like okay, well we've got you know sportswear, we've got swimwear, but we don't have a thing that blends it. It just seems like every cool creative thing is that kind of blending. What's your favorite cookie?
2: My favorite cookie? Yeah. Is that a question? Now I'm. Yeah. No, and she will be It's the easiest question we've asked you. I know, and it's the only one I I, um.
1: (laughs) True, because the other ones, so they were open ended. (laughs) He's gonna have an existential crisis over the cookie.
2: (laughs) Literally, that just messed me up. Um, I actually don't like cookies. Oh.
0: Oh wow you and your wife did introduce us to Trader Joe's chocolate covered frozen banana bites though
2: she loves those those are good
0: Th- that changed our lives yeah
2: those are really good because you can put them in the jar and it's, people think like you made them yourself yeah that was a
0: that's, genius move that's cool yeah. it's not a
1: cookie
2: but those are delicious Eric <laughs> I Balfour. mean cookie I, I don't Kids I'll, 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 next time I come on I'll, I'll have a cookie All
1: right, cu- Yeah, people stick around Eric Balfour part two is when you will two. have a favorite cookie. The cookie thank you Eric
2: cheers guys love you buddy love you too
1: Stick around. Free cookies will be right back after this cookie break. Dipped in your favorite milk
0: alternative. Yum, yum.
3: I'm a one-trick pony, literally. I show up at kids' parties and act cute. That's pretty much it. So excuse me for being bitter when Geico says not only could we save you money on car insurance, but we do more, like give you 24-7 access online, over the phone, or even via our award-winning mobile app. Well, ooh-la-la, aren't they (laughs) multi-talented? Hey, I said organic carrots. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.
0: Okay, y'all, it is time for today's wellness cookie. Yum, 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 yum. We have Adam Rosante in the house. Adam Rosante is a strength and nutrition coach, and he's also the author of The 32nd Body. So privately, Adam helps actors and athletes get into shape to what he likes to call dominate on the screen and on the field. And publicly, he helps people from all walks of life get into shape and dominate in the game of life. But beyond all this amazing stuff, Adam trains me and Kate. And in fact, we just saw Adam, I don't know, five hours ago feeling in our sore. gym. We're still feeling <laughs> a little sore. And it's just, he is so genius and he's always, I mean, in between us like sobbing and quietly in the corner and pain in the While gym. Well, he's rapping to Mace and Biggie. It's true. He knows all the lyrics. It's impressive. He <laughs> drops these nuggets, like these little pearls of wisdom. And we got home today and we are like, we need to have Adam on the show. And so we we dragged him over here, and he's with us right now in the studio. And we have lots of questions for you, Adam.
3: Well, it is my pleasure and honor. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: So, I mean, I guess my question for you would be, what are some really simple takeaways for people who, you know, want to start a fitness regime? They want to get in shape. Or maybe, like, how could someone eat cookies and work out at the same time?
3: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I think that for every individual, what's important is to start with your goal. I could sit here and dole out tips all day long, but my number one tip is to first decide on what you want. Get very, very clear on that. And then once you have it, you can back into that and create a, a, a systematic plan. So let's just say that your goal was to lose some weight. Your goal was to lose fat and you know get in shape, like build some muscle tone. So the first thing that you have to realize is that with that being the goal, I would just very simply prioritize some more vegetables on your plate I can I've been doing this for a very long time and I can tell you that the people who succeed are the ones who take small steps daily like take the actors and the athletes off of the play I'm talking about the general public most normal folks like you and I that those people who succeed are the ones who commit to taking a series of small steps every day those small steps are what lead to massive change it's the people that try to overhaul everything at once that burn out and fall back to square one. Step two, commit to doing just a five-minute workout three to five times a week. Right? Five minutes in Does it have to be morning. with someone
0: else? Is it like five, five minutes, minutes by yourself is Five okay? minutes by yourself. It's okay. fine.
3: Totally fine. You don't need to hire a trainer. Just get moving. It's that you want to start to put the lay the foundation. Of the positive habits
0: like a five-minute walk would that count
3: five-minute walk is fine start where you are and build from there Okay. however here's the thing like if you're really 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 starting from the bare bottom a five-minute walk is fine like if your ass has been glued to the couch and you haven't moved in like months five-minute walk is a good place to start mm-hmm. however at the same time you need to give yourself a little bit more credit we are all way stronger than we think preach way stronger than we think. We just need to give ourselves the credit and the permission to feel strong and to do things outside of our comfort zone. And I can sit here and talk about strength the cows come home i could talk about it conversationally i can talk about it scientifically but it doesn't mean a thing because you don't understand until you experience it for yourself Mm -hmm. and it is the most powerful drug on the planet once you feel strong you never want to go back and i can promise you this athletics lead to aesthetics if your goal is to have a rockin hot body just focus on getting strong and the rest of the shit just takes care of itself. So
0: don't even think about losing weight. Just focus just on getting strong. Don't worry about
3: it. Like, just keep People your, get caught up in that's that. That's it. People yeah. get really caught up in that. It creates a very warped, twisted mentality. It's very, very, very dangerous. Just focus on feeling strong. Just feeling strong, getting strong. Get yourself a gym membership. In a perfect world, get yourself a gym membership like you can sure. work out at home body weight workouts it's a great place to start but if you really want to get strong you need to lift weights and Who i know the that...
1: strongest athlete you
0: taught <laughs> her,
3: her name is kate okay good kate perfect kate
0: what? Last name again? I know. I think it starts with a K, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I might have Kate more letters. flana
3: Hannah something? Flanna. Flanna Fle- <laughs> I don't remember what her last name was. Uh, She's a sick b-ball player, though. That's right. Sick b-ball player. That's it. Yeah. Now, strength is the baseline of all physical performance. The more you have, the easier everything gets. And I don't want to get heady with this, but again, prioritize just getting strong, and I promise it is the gateway drug to the change that you're looking for.
0: Adam... We love you. Thank you so much for coming
3: in. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: So that's going to do it for
1: episode seven of Free Cookies. But before we go, we got to give a shout out, another shout out to (laughs) Bridget Kaczynski. By the way, Bridget, she emailed us again, praised us for knowing how to say her last name, to which I turned to you and said, Kids a quarter Polish. I'm a quarter Polish, y'all. I know my Polish kielbasa. Come on. I know it. I know it. I got the Polish jeans. Don't mess it up. (laughs) I know. I was like, is it kielbasa? No, I'm on it. And I wanted to let her know. And praise her for her detailed email explaining to me why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. She had some amazing points in it. I will not go over those points with everyone until I re-watch Die Hard, which I will be doing soon, so to be continued.
0: Yes, but we also got another email, and the subject line is Die Hard Description. And this is from Jana Ostell. And she says, Die Hard is an action movie starring Bruce Willis repeatedly being shown around Christmas on American television. Ding, 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 ding. But anyway.
1: I will reserve judgment until I re-watch Die Hard. And speaking of movies, that's a wrap.
0: We are out. Episode 7. In the books. So uh, who makes this podcast?
1: Well, this podcast is brought to you by ESPNW, and you can continue to check out ESPNW.com for all your sportsing news. Yes, and we
0: are produced by the amazing Sarah Johnson. She's pretty amazing, y'all. We have a fantastic editor, Brendan Rosen, and Adam Bronstein is in the house today and thank you so much also to Barry Finkel.
1: We got some production help from them. And of course, as always, please rate And review and subscribe to the show. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen in the ESPN app on the Listen tab. Wherever you get your podcasts, just please, please, please. We're down on our knees begging you. Subscribe, rate, review.
0: And I will write you thank you letters. We will, handwritten. Maybe an email. Okay. We love you guys.